0: This week's episode of Excelsior Journeys is brought to you by Mains Playing Cards, M-A-I-N-S, Cards.com. Get one of their limited edition decks right now. Only 2,500 left. You're going to see the link in the show notes. My guest this week is Natalie Camarada. We are here to celebrate her debut novel that is coming out this month. And she is the latest addition to the amazing Missouri writing community. JLD, do the honors. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary then you are on an excelsior journey and you are not alone Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to over 90 episodes. So close to that big milestone 100. And we have so much more coming even after that. I... I'm just really excited to be able to speak with you about so many so many great people that I've gotten to speak with over the years. And if you enjoy the show, by all means, please go ahead and share it. You can find it at he it.com slash podcasts where you can find all the various platforms where the show can be listened to. When I moved here in August of 2011, I had no idea that Missouri had such a wonderful writing community. And it didn't take very long for me to get myself integrated into that. And I wound up making so many great connections and friendships that continue on to this day. I never thought that I would wind up being the president of the Missouri Writers Guild for a term. I never thought that I would find success with a small press publisher that's based out of St. Louis. I had no idea that I would be part of a podcast that that would go on for several years with Right Pack Radio. All of this is because of the writing community here in the state of Missouri. And we're getting an exciting new edition in Kansas City with Natalie Camerata. Later this month, her debut novel, the YA novel Falling and Uprising, will be available. And I am so excited to have Natalie here to talk about that and also to find out more about her writing process, because everyone's got their own, and this whole wonderful journey that she has decided to venture on which is called writing, which is called being an author. I am really excited to have her here. May I'm really excited to have her here. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Natalie Camerata. Natalie, how are you?
1: Doing so well, George, thanks for having me. How are you today?
0: I am doing great, thank you so much for being here. It's always exciting to hear from a debut author that's coming out that has their voice all set and ready to unleash upon the world. It's always really exciting for that.
1: It's a very exciting time, and you talk about the writing community and not realizing how much comes with being a writer, and that is such a huge part of it that I found was I thought that it would be a very solitary experience, and the writing of the book was, but then so much of it has become about the writing community and the book communities, and it's been really incredible and very exciting.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That's that's something that I didn't realize as well until after I had gotten really integrated here in St. Louis. And from what I understand, Kansas City has that same sort of drive as well. I know back in 2016, the Missouri Writers Guild had their annual conference over there. That was actually where I was informed, even though I wasn't there, I was at home in St. Louis, but I was informed that, uh, that they had elected me vice president and conference chair out of nowhere so it was it it was quite an experience kansas city does you know definitely has a place in my heart for for that and and also getting to go to kansas city with with my wife to see bob gale speak the uh, screenwriter of back to the future getting to he got he was there for a film festival that was over there so there's a lot of really great culture over in kansas city i really i really hope that that everyone who lives in kansas city has been able to really kind of take advantage of that
1: you know, it's funny. I only got here in October of 2019. I'm really? from Florida. And then we lived in Arizona for a couple of years, got here in October of 2019. And then not six months later, everything shut down. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we didn't get a chance to explore a whole lot before everything shut down, but we are absolutely loving it here. We had been moving frequently and this is the one where Even during the lockdown, just our our very specific community, our neighborhood, I went, oh, no, I want to stay here forever. I love it here.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. And just looking at the 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 library over there, the Kansas City Public Library like that is that's magnificent. You know, looking at that. That
1: is a fantastic landmark. I'm so proud that I live near that.
0: (laughs) It just looks so cool. I remember uh, seeing that on on a meme on Facebook and just like I definitely need to go there. And unfortunately we didn't get to go in there when we made our trip over to Kansas City to see Bob Gale. It was pouring rain when we went, but I was able to at least like get out of the car and snap a couple of pictures of it just to prove that we were there. Right. So, yeah, and and, and it exists. So, it's <laughs> not just like it's not Photoshop. It's an actual it's an actual landmark and it looks fa- it looks fantastic. So, so let's let's uh, start a little bit with uh, with what's going on later this month. It's uh, June 21st. Isn't that right? When yes. Falling an Uprising comes out?
1: Yes, that is the official launch day. That's when it comes out for Kindle and it'll be on Kindle Unlimited as well mm-hmm. through my publisher. The paperback is actually already available. So it's oh. hitting a few bookshelves. Excellent. And yes, so far between arc readers and people who discovered that the paperback was available early. It's being really well received and- Excellent. I'm very excited. It's a, the beginning of a trilogy. So a lot of readers are already anxiously awaiting book two. And I keep mm-hmm. reminding them that book one isn't technically out yet. So yeah. to give me a minute.
0: <laughs> Ex- absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you need some time, especially like when once the release happens to just kind of decompress a little bit and just kind of take a deep breath and just like it's out, it's done. You've accomplished something that so many other millions of people have said oh I should do this there's a there's a book in me somewhere you know like I, I need to you know, actually like take the time to to write it out you or, or even telling or even you know telling writers like you should make a book on me you know just whatever but you but by doing this by making this leap you've done already so much more than so many others have ever thought to do so that's something that needs to be applauded for that.
1: Thank you. It's something that I was one of those people for the longest time. Just I should write a book. It'd be great to write a book. And I just didn't even have an idea for one is the main issue. And Mm -hmm. once I finally did, it changed a lot. And I think the big thing that I learned was that you don't have to have the whole thing planned out and figured out a Mm -hmm. little seed of an idea. If you just start writing, it figures itself out eventually. And yes, you change it and fix it, but a book can come, but you have to start writing.
0: Absolutely. So the so we'll get into the uh, the development of it in time. But but first, I'm curious, what is Falling and Uprising about?
1: It is about a very utopian city that is meant to supposed to be the last dry land on Earth. It is an island city, very metropolitan, and our main character Serenity finds out very early in the novel that. It is not the only dry land left on Earth. There are several other islands, and life is not quite so glamorous and fab fantastic there. And she is recruited into an uprising. I usually call it Gossip Girl meets Divergent. I have a few nice. reviews that say Gossip Girl meets The Matrix. So
0: that's some that's some interesting that's some that's some very interesting uh, dynamic there as well.
1: Thank you. It's yeah. it's a it was a fun thing to write, and again mm-hmm. it's, changed a lot as it actually became a book, but I'm Mm -hmm. happy with what it turned out to be.
0: Fabulous. So one of the things that I always love to hear about is the, my, when my guests lightning bolt moments is what I call it. It's that moment in time where you basically just kind of see something, hear something, experience something, whatever. And you just kind of makes you point in that direction and say, that is what I want to do. That is the life I want to live. That's the kind of person I want to be. When it came to writing, what is it, What was that for you that made you actually say, I am committing to doing this?
1: So I think that I would assume that for most people, they have that moment before they start writing the book. That wasn't the case for me. I started writing the book and for a while, didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my husband, anyone that I was writing a book. I just was doing that every night, pulled out my laptop and figured it'll never see the light of day. Maybe I'll never finish it. Who cares? This is just for fun. And I told one friend of mine, Hey, I'm writing a book and I'm only telling you because I think I want some accountability, Yeah, someone to know about it so that someone can tell me, say, Hey, how, how's it going? Have you finished the book? How's it, you know, keep writing. Mm -hmm. So that, that really having that conversation kind of made it real Mm-hmm. Now I'm really writing a book because someone knows I'm writing a book. Yep. And she read the first half of the very awful first draft of a <laughs> newbie writer, but wanted the rest of the story. And, and at some point I realized, okay, maybe I do want people to read this. Mm-hmm. This would be great. And before I know it, I'm signed up for a writing workshop and I'm, have you know, realized that a mutual friend of mine was an agent. So I was talking to her about the process and buying Scrivener and all the things we do. <laughs> and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And oh, now I'm really, a, a pr- really trying to be an author, a published author. And this is mm-hmm. what I want to do. So Excellent. it's crazy how that accidentally happened.
0: <laughs> just kind of, you know, just you had the idea, you started picking at it and then exploring it more on the draft and just kind of seeing where it was going to go right Mm -hmm. that's great
1: yes i definitely pantsed this one
0: that's great yeah and (laughs) that's that's something that i i myself find find myself kind of like right in the middle of that like i will i need to know where the story is going to start where it's going to end and certain like key moments along the way then it's a matter of pantsing it to try to figure out how to make everything weave together. And it's not going to be right the first time around, but it will eventually get there. And looking at, looking at the writing that I've been doing of, of my, of my first draft of book three. Yeah. I, 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 it's got a while. It's got a ways to go to get to the quality of book two. Book two for me is the best thing I've ever written. So it's, it's something that I am. you, You have that intimidation factor along with it. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. I know that um, feeling well.
0: (laughs) So, 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 you know, committing to embarking on this trilogy, man, you you got a lot of respect for me, you know, for, for making that and just, you know, be aware of how difficult writing a part three can be. So do you have the trilogy itself mapped out or are you going to figure it out as you go?
1: The second book is actually already fully written. It's in... It's second round of edits right now with my agent and book three is in the process of being drafted. Excellent. So it's almost halfway there, maybe mm-hmm. definitely a third of the way there.
0: Cool. Cool. What is it about the, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Um, oh, I was,
1: gonna, I was <laughs> going to say, um, and yes, there with that third book, even though the second book isn't published yet, you know, it's well mm-hmm. on its way. It's fully formed. It just needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there are moments I have looking at the disaster of a draft of the third book going, how have I written two books? Because mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to happen. Yeah, that's, that's it a, will, exactly but... what I'm going
0: through. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going through with part three It's just like, I am so I'm so proud of books one and two, especially part two. And then you know, like to for to start up part three, it's just like, "Eh, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's supposed to get easier, isn't it? Supposed to be. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know who said that at first. I would like to slap them, but, but yeah, it's just basically just like me just kind of banging on a keyboard and just wondering like eventually I'll get two words to match up with each other. So, yeah, it's so, so you know, you already know the, the struggle. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's, hey, you know, like, so that's, that's great that you're, that you're still pressing on with it. So you said that you, that uh, you had a, Friend of yours who is an agent? Is that, is that what you said?
1: Yes. Actually, it was funny because when I signed up for my writing workshop, mm-hmm. I was looking. They had agents there that you could pitch to at the writing workshop. Nice. It was in March of 2020. So it ended up being online. It was supposed to be in person, one of those things. Mm-hmm. But, but I was looking at the agents who are available and checking them out. And one of them, I go to her website and I see the next agent under her is... Mm-hmm she was in a wedding that my husband was in. She, no kidding. <laughs> we, I know I've met her. She's best friends with a very good friend of mine. So, so I went out to brunch with him mm-hmm. and I was talking about how, Hey, so I started writing a book and he goes, Oh, and I said, Oh, Amy. And he's like, yes,
0: <laughs> Wait, Amy Brewer. That's my agent no way. That is my agent. (laughs) As soon as you said, you know, like Amy, I was just like, wait for it.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Metamorphosis,
0: Metamorphosis Literary. Yes. I
1: I am also with Metamorphosis. Jessica Reno is my agent.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's fabulous. Yes. My, uh, yeah. (laughs) Amy, yeah. Amy came into my life in 2018 when I was doing my second round of chairing a conference. And my co-chair was able to bring in amy and her partner patty carruthers in in to be the agents you know some agents that would be that would be pitched to at our con at our conference i keep on saying convention but it was an actual conference and it was it was a great experience and then two dear dear friends one of them who was actually my story editor jerry Angeller. geller She, I was able to get her and her, her partner, Mike Risco, to come in and be a part of that conference and lead a couple of panels. And they got to talking with Amy and Patty and really befriended them. So I was sitting down with them and really got to know everybody. And I wound up having such a great time talking with Amy and Patty. It was just like something about these guys. Like there's definitely something here. I'm not sure what it is yet, but at the same time I reached out to Amy with a question about something happening with one of my projects. And then we were going to be at Pencon in St. Louis in 2018. And that's when we sat down and we started talking and all of a sudden, I have an agent. And so it's sometimes it's just like that, making those sort of connections and finding them wherever you can get them and taking advantage of them, you know, because you have these moments for a reason, you got to go ahead with them.
1: Oh, absolutely. Amy saved my life. I think on this whole thing, she um, was not taking new clients anyways, but she had a long talk with me about writing. And then I sent her a version of it that I thought was done. And she kindly pointed out ways I could fix it. And by the third time that we did this, that I sent it to her, she said, Oh my gosh, this is great now. And sent it to Jessica, who ended mm-hmm. up signing me to rep me and she's Amy is in my acknowledgments on falling and uprising. And I mm-hmm. say in there that no agent has ever helped someone who was not her client this mm-hmm. much in the history of agenting. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh,
0: that's great. That's great. That, uh, that I, I am. I'm just giddy the fact that Amy has another connection over here. Cause she was actually also a guest on my show a while back. So. Oh, um, I have to find that episode. Yeah, that was fun. It was it was a fun one. And that was a very popular one too for you know for quite a while. A lot of people like to like to know do's and don'ts of working with agents. And mm-hmm. that's something that's very, very important. So talk to us a little bit about the writing workshop.
1: That was right around the time I had finished the first draft of Falling and Uprising when it had a different title. Mm-hmm. And it was through writing day workshops. Again, it was meant to be in person, became an online event. Mm -hmm. to the world, (laughs) but but it was great. We had at least one author guest speaker who kind of did a presentation about procrastination and writer's block and Mm -hmm. ways to get past that. There was the opportunity to pitch agents. There was a first pages workshop, which was great. Uh People sent in their first pages and as it was read, agents would raise their hands on when they'd stop reading. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yep. We did that. We did that at the conference, at, uh, at, the, at the Missouri Writers Guild Conference, both mm-hmm. times that, that, that I chaired it. We had done that.
1: Yeah, that was great. There was an agent did a presentation on what to expect of working with an agent, which mm-hmm. I thought was extremely helpful because you don't, that is one of the things that I feel like you don't know about. There's a lot of people talking about querying usually, Yep. You know, help on how to get an agent, but then what really to expect in working with an agent seem to not seems to not have as much information out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah, so so that's terrific that you were able to get that sort of experience in that workshop and you were able to make some, you know, good connections, I take it, you know, through fr- fr- through there as well, right?
1: Absolutely. And then again, Amy <laughs> told me oh, yeah. about SCBWI and so I joined that.
0: Oh wow! Um, so you're you're jumping all the way in then? That's, oh that's yes, fabulous. I do everything. <laughs> that's great. I even
1: I even applied to be the co-regional advisor, which Whoa. was I know that was actually crazy. I did not get the position, which yeah. I wasn't surprised by, but mm-hmm. but they did say, but we really appreciated your application and sounds mm-hmm. great. Just a little more experience, and I said, oh, I get it. I'm pretty new. I know. Yeah, <laughs> so that's fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I've been doing. Workshops with them. I did a revision workshop that Julie Berry put on for the Kansas, Missouri, SCBWI Mm -hmm. sometime last year, I guess. And that was fantastic. So yes, I, again, this was the thing I didn't know I was going to get out of writing was such a big community and so supportive. And I've been really lucky, I think, to find a lot of very supportive communities involved in this whole process.
0: Excellent. That's terrific. So so you said that the first draft, it's always supposed to be a mess, but at the same time, it's the foundation. Was your character, Serenity, did they kind of make themselves known in that first draft, or was it something that you had to kind of like keep digging in order to find more about who they were in the future drafts?
1: Serenity came easier for me. She was the main star for me from the get-go. I was comfortable slipping into her head. It's Mm -hmm. actually, it is told in dual POVs and Falling and Uprising has more of Serenity, but there is also Bram. There's a male main character as well. Uh And for the longest time, I had a really hard time getting Mm -hmm. into his head. It was easier for me to be a teenage girl because I was a teenage girl and I had a really hard time with Bram at first. It really took a while before I felt comfortable and understood him better and now it got to the point where now i prefer writing him as i excellent. go through the rest of the series and people are jumping at that he's their favorite character and rooting nice. for him so it came together thank goodness
0: <laughs> excellent excellent and so so as that was as i was going like those later later drafts you know that you got something and you're getting some really good feedback. What was it like when, you know, after you had gotten your, after you had signed with the agency and they basically started shopping the manuscript around for you, what was that whole experience like for you?
1: So actually that part wasn't my experience. I had a very odd road to publication. I know everyone's journey is different. Mine is really strange, I think.
0: Go for Um, it. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah.
1: By the time. So after the second time I sent Amy my manuscript, Mm -hmm. she said that it was improving. She still had other suggestions and she suggested I hire a developmental editor. So Mm -hmm. I did that, had a professional developmental edit, finished doing all of that with her, sent it back to Amy and then around that same time not long after i guess was pitmad uh-huh.
0: and okay
1: i'm not even good at twitter i don't really understand it but mm-hmm. someone mentioned it and i said oh, i guess i should do that mm-hmm. and i did pitmad and got a request from a publisher dark stroke and mm-hmm. then i got the full request and mm-hmm. then the same day that i ended up getting a contract from them was when Jessica Reno offered me representation.
0: <laughs> so perfect timing. Yeah. Right. Perfect so it, timing right there, yeah.
1: So by then obviously I was communicating with Amy and keeping everyone in the loop on what was going on on both ends. And so by the time Jess signed me to rep me, she the plan was that she was going to be working on the subsidiary rights which mm-hmm. she has shopped and the audiobook rights and that's been sold and in oh, the good. works and then she's working on the rest of my future works with me but uh-huh. she didn't actually do the literary rights for Falling and Uprising. So that's right. kind of crazy.
0: That's it's <laughs> funny it's funny that that should happen that way because that's how things fell into place for me with Amy because by the time that she had offered her representation to me, I already had books 1 and 2 out for Excelsior and I was Under contract, I was all set and everything to do book three. So I was already set with that, but I had the thing that really got Amy's attention was the middle grade series that I have in mind to start up next after that. So that's the main thing that she's gonna be helping me on. But at the same time, she's also doing the subsidiary rights. The audio rights are with me because I'm an audiobook narrator and producer. So I'm able to do that, but everything else, film rights, foreign rights, whatever, like she's dealing with all that. So thankfully.
1: Yes, I was excited about that. And I really was concerned that I still, even though I had gotten that book deal for Falling and Uprising myself, I really wanted an agent still for the subsidiaries. And because mm-hmm. I know Falling and Uprising is not the last book I'm writing, I have mm-hmm. a lot of books I want to write and there you go. I want this to be my career. And so I wanted that still, and I'm just so glad it worked out.
0: Excellent, excellent. And so, for our listeners that aren't as familiar, we were talking about SCBWY—that Society of Children's Books Writers and Illustrators—and refresh my memory on what PITMAD stands for. Is it like it. Pitch. I, it comes from like, Pitch
1: Wars. Yeah. Pitch Wars is the bigger event.
0: On Twitter. And yeah. You
1: no know, pitch. Pitch Wars is the whole mentor thing that takes months. And you Mm. submit to the coaches and they pick you and it's a mentor program. And then there's a showcase to try to get it represented at the end of that. Pit Mad is hosted by Pitch Wars, but Pit Mad is just the quarterly tweeting your pitch party.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so it's basically the elevator pitch, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously have to fit it into a tweet with the appropriate hashtags for Mm -hmm the age range and the genres and the really fun part is that the official rules, which not everyone knows, is that you're only supposed only supposed to like the tweets if you are an agent or a publisher, because that Mm -hmm. is how you are requesting a submission. But people don't know that. So people are just liking them and you get all excited and go, oh, I have four likes." Nope, none of them are okay. Never mind.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're my friends. You know, it's,
1: <laughs> right? I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't know it anyway. You know, but but still, yeah. It I've I've gone through that before. Before I you know teamed up with Amy, but so uh, yeah, it's been it's it is pretty rough. You know, like it's you know trying to get your get that tweet out there because I mean like the tweets on Twitter, you know, like they have a very very short shelf life as it is, and then you know then you're basically kind of pushing and shoving your way through all these other people that are all trying to get to the same people that you are. Right. So it can be very, you know, very aggravating. So I, the fact that you're able to get through all of that, that says a lot right there. So it's one thing that that a lot of writers really have issues with, myself included, is how to pare down your story into something that can be put into a tweet. So, right. what was it like getting that put together?
1: that was, I think I stress ate a whole sleeve of Thin Mints while I was doing that. So it went really well, (laughs) kind of took a line from my blurb and then sent it to, I have a very core group of writer friends. It's just four of us that we like really bounce everything off of each other anytime we have trouble. So I went back and forth with them on it and we tweaked things. And I found that the really, it seemed like the big thing was to put kind of your comps at the beginning or, Mm -hmm. you know, like my gossip girl meets divergent thing at the beginning of it. And so I actually threw in the one you can tweet it twice during the time. Mm -hmm. And so my second one, I changed it from just gossip girl meets divergent to gossip girl meets divergent meets Moana.
0: And that seemed to get a
1: lot more attention. there you go Going in a Disney musical. Why not? Um, Because of the whole, there's not supposed to be anything beyond the sea. Mm -hmm. There is a scene in the book where I always think of Moana singing that song. So I threw it in there and it worked.
0: That is such a great movie too. I, (laughs) yeah, I had no idea how much I was going to love that, but you know, like, and just hearing like the whole mythology that, that, that came with that story and everything, it was just, I, it's, I, I can I can definitely go on and on about one. I, I absolutely love that movie. And so yeah, so when um, and I always feel like I want to write while I'm watching it, and it was like that just gets the juices flowing creatively. So speaking of which, what gets your creative juices flowing? What is it for you? like what's what grabs your attention? What is it that gave you the idea for this in the first place?
1: This one really started with at the beginning of 2020, I finally read, Hunger Games. I had Mm -hmm. seen the movies as they came out and, you know, Cardinal Sin. I know I watched the movies before I read the books, but I have young children. So
0: don't worry.
1: (laughs) I had been really slow on reading for a long time because of my children. Mm -hmm. But I finally read the books, was obsessed with them. And Mm. I kept thinking about the characters from the Capitol and Mm. The capital was supposed to be so great. And obviously we know from the series that it wasn't, but it was supposed to be so great. And so how did so many people from there end up working, you know, towards this rebellion? Mm -hmm. And so it really started as that and became a very different world, of course, but that was the seed. And now after, and that was years of, I wish I could write a book, but I can't think of a story. Mm -hmm. And now any little thing starts a story in my head. A yep. random song lyric, a random mm-hmm. scene in a children's animated movie, and I'm there like, oh, I can make a, I can make a book out of that. Yep. So now I have a very long list of books I want to write. Sometimes, so that's I'll awesome. be doing
0: this for a while. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. It's and it's always great to hear that you know someone is as committed to you know to doing this to to the written word. It's great to see that there are you know so many new voices that are going to be coming out. Now, speaking of 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 that. Do you have any sort of launch party that's in the works or anything?
1: I just scheduled a an event at Afterward in downtown Kansas City. Excellent. It's kind of a bookish restaurant bar, um, which all things should be bookish bars. I mean, yes, that's yes, what I need in my life. Mm-hmm. The only time I had driven past it was. It, they were still closed um, mm-hmm. due to COVID. So yeah. I'm very excited to be able to go there and sign some books and do that. That's going to be on Saturday, July 20th Aha,
0: Saturday, July 24th. So Kansas City residents, take note, be there for this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yep.
1: I'm going to be um, hanging out there from about two to four.
0: Nice, nice. Two to four p.m. Central Time, signing books and grab a drink while you're there so and so with this in mind like you're you're stepping in to some you know some really great you know territory here because so many people that you know they just want to you know just get their book out right away they want to maintain control and everything and so they'll likely self-publish you're going the full route you're you've gotten your representation you've gotten you've, you've gotten attention from an established publisher and now you know, you're ready to move on into a fabulous world that you got going. So for anyone that is hearing this and isn't as inspired by your story and is thinking like, I need to, you know, there's there's a story in me somewhere. I need to find it. I need to get out there. What would be your first piece of advice for them to do?
1: The first piece of advice really is just start writing. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I had no experience. I did not go to school for anything. I went to school for hospitality management. I worked in hotels. I was a stay at home mom. None mm-hmm. of this was meant to lead me towards writing literature. So mm-hmm. if that doesn't matter, I think reading a lot and just start writing is the big thing. And I mean, I know there's a lot to be said for any route that people go for publication and it's doing the research and finding out what's going to work best for you, everything is subjective, as we love to hear said oh, in yeah. this industry. Oh, yeah. But I love, I saw, I've seen it quoted in a couple of different ways that every successful author has one thing in common, and that's that they did not give up. Yeah. Everyone Absolutely. was, a, everyone started writing at some point, everyone was brand new, amateur,
0: mm-hmm. sometime. So, yeah. That's something, uh, something to definitely keep in mind. And where can my listeners find you on social media?
1: Everywhere. (laughs) I found
0: um, found you on Instagram, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's where, that's where we, that's where we connected. But where else can, can uh, my listeners find you?
1: On both Instagram and TikTok, Natalie Camerata writes, TikTok is actually an amazing book community. That I was hesitant to go to TikTok, but it's now my number one platform and a ton go. of fun. I have a Facebook page, Natalie Camerata. I'm on Twitter, mm-hmm. sort of, Yeah, <laughs> by Natalie Cam with two Ms, because my name is too long to fit as a Twitter handle. Yep. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> on the internet. And yeah, all the links to all of that are on my website, NatalieCamerataBooks.com. I have the author page on... Goodreads and BookBub and Amazon. I think someone said that they put through a review up on Readsy.
0: Excellent. So, hooray! Excellent. All right, <laughs> this is a big time moment. I am so thrilled for for you to have this. You only get one debut, and mm-hmm. so getting the chance to actually get that out there the way that you are, you know, it sounds like everything is falling into place the way that it should. I wish you nothing but the best to continue on with this amazing journey. And just like when Natalie said, everyone, the main thing that all writers that are successful have in common, they did not give up. So all of you that are feeling that there is something in you that you need to get it out, there's a story inside you and you need to start putting it out there into the world, get your butt in the chair, get in front of the keyboard, get a pen, paper whatever it is the late great larry cohen would fill post-its with different movie ideas all around his house so whatever it takes get those ideas out as much as you can because the world needs them they absolutely need them and they may not know it but they do so by all means get those stories out there just like what natalie has done and I wish all of you nothing but success with that. And so for Natalie Camarado, this is George Soroy saying all of you ever upward. And I will see you next week. This episode of Excelsior Journeys is brought to you by Maine's Playing Cards. This launch deck is limited to 2,500, so check them out today before they are gone. Maine's Playing Cards is proudly based out of St. Louis and was started in 2020 during some of the world's more challenging days. To the creators, Andrew and Greg this company became something positive to hold on to and one year later Maine's playing cards is very grateful for all of the support that they've received from so many and that they can call this creative outlet a job you can check them out at mainsplayingcards.com I will post a link in the show notes and be sure to get one of their limited launch decks